Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We have the ultimate college basketball tournament special. I am Jeffrey Wright. My co-host is RJ Choppy. You can follow RJ on Twitter at RJ Choppy. Follow me at jwright 929 espn Week one of the tournament is concluded we now turn our attention to the regional semifinals and the finals rj it was really pretty thrilling uh, opening week had a lot of everything and maybe what we started to see was the thought that all college basketball season was it was going to be a pretty wide open field and maybe with all the chaos that we saw and you know we saw four number one seeds all play single digit games in the final week, maybe it means that this is going to be a lot more open than we even thought to begin with. Let's start with what I think is actually one of the best games that we'll see during the regional weekend. We've got Arkansas at Gonzaga. Gonzaga opens at eight and a half. My first thought on this, RJ, is Memphis and Arkansas are very, very similar teams, except I think Arkansas has got a little better guard play. This strikes me as something that I might be considering points here. Yeah, I might. Uh, my question is always going to be with this is, is can Arkansas score with Gonzaga? You know, Gonzaga is going to play in the eighties, you know, even on a tough day, you know, they're going to play high seventies, low eighties. Right. So the over, I mean, the over under on a lot of these Zag games, it's got to be higher than one fifty uh, from this point forward. And I just wonder if Arkansas could, could score with them. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, you know, something they haven't hit, but they've hit 75 and, and 53. Now that 53 game, New Mexico State, you know, that, that was a, that was a team that did not have New Mexico State athletes. I mean, that was, that, they were really, really good athletic, uh, athletically. I, I just wonder if the Zags can, uh, sorry, if Arkansas would score with the Gonzaga. And if they can't, obviously it's going to be a blowout. But I am tempted to take the points. You know, you mentioned that they are very much like Memphis and, you know, they just have a little bit better. Uh, guard play and, and that's true I mean Memphis is a good team uh, and they gave the Zags fits man did they give them a ton of fits uh, you know but Arkansas Arkansas played a knockdown schedule you know the SEC is not the SEC of all of, of 2012 this is a much better conference and they had to go through the ringer and, and they played tough games and, and and the Zags will be a tough one for them but you know I do think I am like I am taking points here yeah and I mean the other thing about Gonzaga as you pointed out they fall behind by 10. And in the second half, they said, we're going to get this into the track meet and we're going to yeah. see, but there was no question that they were trying to get it into that track meet. The total right now, 154 and a half. I would say put Arkansas's last performance against New Mexico state kind of in a separate category 
because that just got into a certain type of game. Yeah. And I, I think Arkansas then went into survival mode. I think they knew they could always kind of stay a little bit ahead of New Mexico State because they had the ability to make a couple more shots. And so I feel like they they never tried to they never tried to change the the tempo of that game. I, I felt like that they were comfortable winning a rock fight and and they did whatever they could to get out of it. All right, then the 715 game on Thursday night. We've got Michigan and Villanova. Villanova right now a five point favorite. The total in that, I beg your pardon, RJ, it opened at five. It's already been bet down a little bit. We're now at four and a half. The total is 135.5. All this weekend, be safe, always just betting Villanova for one reason and one reason only. Late game situations, they always mm-hmm. find a way to get offense. And then secondly, at some point, if they ever get a lead, you're going to have to foul them. And RJ, they don't miss free throws. Like in the end, right. they're just an execution machine. They are, you know, they are, they, they don't make mistakes. This is where guard play comes in. You know, it, it comes, you know, guard play plays a major point, uh, you know, factor in, uh, in college basketball this time of year. And that's where Villanova really shines through. I mean, they've got really solid guard play. Um, you know, Michigan, uh, Michigan was a good team. I mean, look, they were a good team this year. Preseason ranking, right? Like preseason, this is a team that everybody thought, man, this, this is going to be a really solid team. And then they go 17 and 14. And all of a sudden, they've ripped off a couple of upsets, uh, you know, in, in the tournament, you know, Colorado State and Tennessee. And, you know, whether or not, you know, all that stuff that they deserve to be in here, that, that's gone. That's to bed now. Uh, you know, you win a couple of games. It doesn't really matter whether you deserve to be in there or not. You know, you've got, you're in the Sweet 16. Uh, and, you know, 65% of the tournament's not. Uh, I just don't look. I mean, Villanova is tremendous. Uh, you know, their guard play is going to shine. Their ability to to close out a game that I don't see the same thing happening to them that happened to Tennessee on Friday where they had a lead and they just stopped scoring for the final, you know, 35% of the half. Yeah. The thing that really stood out to me about the opening weekend teams that had fatal flaws, they all showed up with Tennessee. You know, Tennessee had those, they would have periods where they would struggle to score and that teams would come back on them. You know, that reared its head. Same thing with Wisconsin. Obviously, with Wisconsin, there's some injuries and whatnot. Auburn, bad guard play all year. They got exposed. Teams that had a fatal flaw, I feel like they got exposed. All right, let's move to the nightcaps. Uh, This was a little bit surprising to me, RJ. Out in San Francisco, the night game, the most insufferable of all games, Coach K's return to the Sweet 16 for one last ride. Texas Tech favored by one. That kind of surprised me. And not because I disagreed with it. It just surprised me that Vegas thought, you know, in the end, like I would figure Coach K is an underdog in his his last ride that that'd be a little more enticing. This to me suggests I kind of like Texas Tech. And I'll be honest, even before I saw the line, I kind of like Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech's like just a tough physical team. And those have been kind of the teams that gave Duke problems. Yeah, I, I have Tech uh, winning this game anyway, my bracket. And I'll tell you, they, they impressed me today. Notre Dame was in a good spot to win that game in the second half. Yeah, they were. And uh, and Tech Tech really showed some resolve. And this, and this is, you know, it's a new coaching staff with them. Uh, you know, Chris Beard's not there. Uh, so you don't know how every coach is going to react during these very tense moments. And, uh, and, and, look, they didn't seem to have any problems. Uh, this is still a quality team. 
Uh, it's been a really good program over the last half decade. And I, and I thought they were going to win this game anyway. I, they're very, very long uh, on defense. They're very athletic. They're very long. They, they're not the greatest offensive team. Uh, don't, don't let that 97-point output against Montana State fool you. They're not the greatest offensive team in the world. But I'll tell you, you know, if, if, you know defensively, they can give anybody fits, especially Duke. Uh, total in that 136 and a half. I agree with everything you said. I mean, to me, like there's just something about that team. They, they have a clear identity and we yeah. even saw today. I mean, just an absolute brutal beat for me. All right. Then we do not have a line on Houston and Arizona, Arizona with the last game of the weekend. It takes overtime to knock off TCU overtime and a few other good breaks. I'll be honest. I had Arizona as the team that I liked the most. I had them winning, winning it all. Sunday night scared me for a couple of reasons. Did you happen to catch Tommy Lloyd yelling at the shot clock operator? Like, yep. I, all that stuff matters to me. Like, in, in the end, like, you know, when your coach is yelling at the shot clock operator and there was just chaos, like, credit it, credit to Ben Mathurin because that guy just was awesome all night and kept making plays. But, man, I, I kind of wonder if Kelvin Sampson against a, a rookie head coach in his first Sweet 16. I kind of wonder if Kelvin's licking his chops there. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a good point uh, about the shot clock operator because you saw one of the Arizona players do the same thing. Uh, you know, he's basically stopping the game. This is after a foul, you know, kind of going right to the official. You know, TCU very easily could have pressed the ball, you know, pushed the ball down, down, uh, down the court. Uh, and got a five on four, you know, got a little odd man there. Uh, very easily could have happened. So I'm a big believer in that. I, I, I totally agree. You know, you take on the personality, the demeanor of your head coach a lot of times or your leader, whoever that may be. And in college basketball, let's face it, the head coach is the leader. It's not a player. It's the head coach. And if, if, the, if the head coach operates in chaos, the team's going to operate in chaos. And when it gets down to that one point of every game, that one point of every close game where, you know, it gets tense, you need somebody who's calm. Kelvin Sampson is going to be calm there. I didn't think Houston was going to go very far in this tournament. I didn't buy Houston at all. And, and now here we are. You know, ho-hum, they're just back in the Sweet 16. And it's almost like, do we just, do we overthink these things a little bit too much? Yeah, no, well, I mean, this is a league that I cover. And I, yeah. I, I, I just didn't think that, because I've seen good Houston teams. And they didn't look like a good Houston team. Like, I knew they were still good, but it felt like a team that Kelvin was getting the most out of because that's just kind of what he does and they just kind of move on. But I think what we're starting to see when we saw the the fight that Memphis gave, uh, the fight that Memphis gave Gonzaga, I think SMU was a good basketball team, like even though they got left out. Like, I think that league's a little better maybe than we give it credit. And, you know, yet again, here he is in another Sweet 16 with another well-coached team that plays hard for him. And they've got just, they got long, amazing athletes. They don't shoot it particularly well, but they get after it on the offensive rebounding front and, and they just keep going. So I, I don't know. I, right now, um, even though I have Arizona and I loved Arizona coming in all year, uh, it's funny how that like one one little game where yeah. things get a little chaotic, it just kind of just kind of will, will mess with you a little bit. All right, let's go to the other game in the early window on Friday. We got Providence and Kansas, Kansas coming in as a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, total right now at 141. I don't know. I'm kind of inclined to just be like, at this point, Ed Cooley just deserves my ultimate respect of, uh, I just think if you're going to give me points, I'm just going to keep taking them because 
I can't, I have not been able to explain it all year why Providence continues to do what they do, but they do continue to do what they do. And the fact that I saw Kansas not really, I thought Kansas was going to handle Creighton because I thought Creighton really, in the first round game, they should have lost to San Diego State. So I didn't really even think they should have been in there. The fact yeah. that Kansas couldn't really run away from them was a little concerning to me. Yeah, it was. I don't know what to make of Providence because, you know, I think you've mentioned they have like the highest luck factor in the league yeah. or, or one of the highest luck factors. According, they rank number one on Ken Palm's luck factor. Uh, I mean, the other argument against it would be, you know, they don't really do anything well. That that would be, you know, like they're they're they are the ultimate. The sum is greater. The sum of the parts is is not as good as the results. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we've seen that before, but those, you know, we've seen those teams, you know, go on decent runs and everything. I, I just never bought them. You know, I had them. I mean, I had them beating South Dakota State, but I had them losing to Iowa. You know, I didn't have them getting this far. Obviously, I was upset by in the in the first round, but. I, I didn't have Providence here. Uh, they are here beyond my expectations. I mean, it's all gravy. But, they, you know, they've run into a different – you know, Kansas is a different animal. You know, Kansas is not South Dakota State, and they are not Richmond. This is a much different animal that they're going to have to deal with. I'm not sure they've seen the likes of Kansas, you know, really all year. Uh, it's well, the, talent. The one, thing I, the one thing I would say to you on that, do you think Kansas and Nova profile similarly? I would say yes. Um, I, I think Jay Wright's a far better coach than Bill Self, though. Yeah, I, I just they played they played they played Nova close twice. Now they lost both times, and that's the other thing about the tournament. You know, you can get into a situation where a couple you, the you're on the wrong side of the score, and then you start fouling, and then all of a sudden you, you're outside the number. Yeah. But I don't know, man. There's just something. That Kansas team hasn't passed the eye test for me all year. And yet here I am. I still have them in a bracket going to the final four. But like to me, like yeah. that Kansas conundrum. No, that, that you're right. They haven't they haven't passed the eye test. But look, I thought Kansas was seeded. I thought Kansas was probably the fifth best team in the I thought they should have been the highest two seed. Maybe a one, but you know, I I, I, I thought Kentucky should have been a one over them just because of the head to head. I thought Nova was overseeded as a two. So, I mean, we are talking about maybe a tier below, but not, not it's nothing egregious. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, if, if they profile like Kansas does or like Villanova does, then, then it, should, it should match up well for, for Providence. All right, then let's go to the final two games of Friday night. Game I'm most excited about, North Carolina and UCLA. I mean, obviously, for, for all the obvious reason, it's as good of a brand game as you can yeah. have. Great color game. Both are now Jordan brand teams, so they get the colors of the jerseys even look better. UCLA is a team that I, I've been high on all you know all year. They had a COVID pause and they've had some injury problems. They could have some injury problems coming into this. I don't know, man. Is North Carolina that team that they had a new coach? It took a little while for them to figure it out, but once they started figuring it out, like they've been playing really freaking good. I mean, my inclination is it's only a two point line for UCLA. If I think UCLA is going to win, which I do, I'm fine laying two. But in the back of my mind, like until Manic got tossed from that game on Saturday, they were going to absolutely railroad uh, a Baylor team that was clearly shorthanded, but still a damn yeah. good team. Dude, that, uh, that that game at that point looked like that, like McCants May 
Carolina yeah. team. And they were putting on a clinic. And it was up and down the floor. And they were getting everything they wanted. It was a clinic. And then he got, and then he got knocked out. They got, they got, you know, tossed. So it was like it, the whole game changed at that one spot. But you're right, Baylor was a star set of team, you know, uh, or, or a great team all year. And then they they got shorthanded, and it really screwed them up. But I love this matchup. It is a brand matchup. UCLA is a Final Four team for me. They are the team that I had coming out of this. this uh, about it was East. Uh, they are the team that I had coming out of this. Uh, I didn't think they'd be playing Carolina here. But Carolina's playing as good as anybody else is. You know, they really, really are. I just love UCLA. They have two solid, like, really, really good players. They're tournament tested. They have good guard play. They've got everything you would want out of a tournament profile. Uh, and here they sit, you know, just another win away. And they're going to get, like, they're going to get a very, ma- if they win, they're going to get a very manageable game in the eight. It's yeah, going to Purdue can- or St. Peter's, man. I mean, how? See, you want you want to talk about like the the, uh, the chips falling in the right spot. You want the amount of luck it takes for you to win a championship. You've got to get a like a, like a ten seed or a fifteen seed in the Sweet Sixteen. There's no question. I mean, you know, you look at it. I mean, Miami and Iowa State, the final game of the night. That's the ten and the eleven seed. A double digit seed is going to make the Elite Eight, and yeah, I yeah. do think I'm inclined right now. Iowa State uh, is getting a point. I'm inclined with Miami. I think that Miami team had some some struggles early, but if you've watched them recently, the main thing I love is their guards are are studs. Like those yeah. guys, those guys are legit. Iowa State cannot shoot to save their lives. Like it's it's just horrible. I just kind of really like the Hurricanes there. They live in the fifties. Iowa State lives in the fifties. Uh, you know when they play their game. Uh, everybody could everybody could have seen the the LSU game. Uh, Iowa State winning. I mean, you lose your coach. I mean, it's just like, uh, what's going on here? Uh, you know, Wisconsin, like you said, they had their fatal flaw show up, and it was it was not a good day for them. Uh, I mean, you score forty nine points, you are not winning many basketball games, and and now we're going to have a double digit seed there, and you might have a couple because you might see St. Peter's move on, although that'd be difficult. That's a that's a wild matchup. Uh, I'd see a wild style of play uh, that St. Peter's has, and Purdue just doesn't see it that often, if ever. Uh, but, you know, we are seeing some low seeds, and I think that's because the tournament this year is crazy, you know, and we have talked about this, right? We have talked about how it's such a wide-open tournament. There's no clear-cut favorites. Will there be a two double-digit seeds advancing to the Elite Eight? Tyler and Andy will tell you the answer in a moment as we continue the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament special. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.